Hello and welcome back to episode 73, I believe that's it, uh, with of the Sports Brief Podcast. We got our good uh, our good trusty co-host, Tristan Danger Rancor. What's up, my man? Hey, it's going good. It's good to be back. I missed uh, the last couple ones you did. Haven't been on since 69, I think, so uh, <laughs> good time to come back. Yeah, exactly. I know. Uh, and uh, we also bring on... Uh, continue to bring on top fans about in this episode is really really about the the, the Raiders here the the Las Vegas Raiders rather we got our good boy Garrett James Gronlin been on a couple episodes good to have you back my man always good to be back you know I'm always here for having a good time yeah and it's this is the trio I almost feel like this is uh, other than Tanner uh, when we have him on too we should I wish there was like a like a, a four Pete or like a four uh, a four player team in which like the Heat I know it's Chris Bosh D Wade and LeBron James but there's just no fourth so other, uh, I don't know we'll have to we'll have to go more into research on that he can but, be Ray Allen he can be Ray Allen okay Ray Allen's, Ray Allen's like a deadly th- a sharpshooter though so okay that actually kind of fits okay um so let's get into it here. Uh, a lot of different things we're going to cover uh, in, in regards to the Raiders. Uh, we're going to talk about their free agency needs, uh, some of the different things that they all also, uh, the, and also in terms of the draft needs that they have uh, from number one to five. Also, which NFL team needs to trade for Russell Wilson and the promising young players from the Rams and Raiders. Uh, so before, well, before we get into all that, make sure you guys like and subscribe down below. It helps people find the show. Uh, and uh, we deeply appreciate it um, as we get moving here. So let's kick it off. The Raiders. Uh Actually, I'm sorry, the number one thing here, as I was saying before we get into the Raiders, this has been a big thing kind of throughout the week, uh, mainly because uh, Russell Wilson has, he's been in the news for a, re- a different reason. Like it's, I almost never thought I would see this, but he has in a trade scenario, potential scenario uh, in which his top teams are the Cowboys, the Bears, the Raiders, and the Saints. Uh, since one of our teams is on there, Let's go to the top Raiders fan that we got on the show. Uh, Garrett, can you kind of just tell me your initial thoughts about the whole, you know, A, your initial thoughts and who really needs to trade for Russell Wilson? Uh, first, first of all, Russell Wilson has the most passive, aggressive demand for a trade without demanding for a trade in NFL history. Like, who, like, for real, like, who actually goes out and is like, well, I'm not demanding a trade, but these are the teams I want to go to. Like, <laughs> get out of here. Like, he's, he's, you know, like, you know, he, you know what he preaches, you know, is being this good guy and whatnot. And I'm sure he is a good guy and he looks like a good guy, but dude, like, don't be a fairy about things. If you don't want to be somewhere, be like Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson doesn't want to be at the uh, Houston Texans because they're toxic and they've been toxic. And, you know, if I'm in a like, for instance, if you guys' jobs, you're not gonna want to work for Rapid City, uh, Rapid City. If it's a toxic environment, you're not gonna yeah. stay there. You're not gonna want to stay there. You're gonna be like, I want out. You know, like mm-hmm. that's what you know. That's what he's got to do. But back to the Russell Wilson thing. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, Seattle's gonna start not being good, and he wants to be on, on a good team, or at least on a team that um, will protect him. Uh, throughout this week, there were two graphs that I really saw because I follow a lot of Raiders things. But uh, in like the last, like since like 2012, the best like pass blocking he's got NFL ranked was like 19th or 20th best. Usually their team is like 27th, 28th in that area for pass blocking. And then the next was like a photo of why Russell Wilson put the Raiders on there because they don't have a defense. And it's like, well, look at Derek Carr. And it's Derek Carr with like five yards 
all around him to be able to throw without anybody rushing him. And he's like, well, yeah, that's why he would want to go there. Yep, but yeah. um, I hope the Raiders stay away from it, personally. Really? Do uh, I just I, – I, I think Derek Carr is a Tier 2 quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think this year he showed it with how good their offense was. Uh, the Raiders' defense is just so god-awful that, like, that's why he gets so much blame. Because the Raiders were putting up high 20s, low 30s quite often this year. And, you know, if you look at some of those games, like when they had to play the Bills, or they because they lost to the Bills, they lost to the Patriots, they lost to, you know, a couple of those teams. Like, when they got behind early, like, their offense was forced to have to try to force things instead of, like, get a play, like, give the ball to Josh Jacobs and run the ball to Devontae Booker and do those things that you normally want to do within your offense. Because I love the Raiders' offense this year. I love that they had Hunter Renfro on slants. They had uh, Angelor and Ruggs and Waller, and they had a good offensive line. I really liked it. Um, Yeah, I mean, Derek Carr, obviously, he has some problems, and that's why he's not a Tier 1 quarterback. But I think, like, he's in that, like – top 10, top 12 quarterbacks. I don't think he's, like, you know, seven or eight, but I think he is, like, in that, like, 10 to, like, 12 best quarterbacks. And, you know, he's been in Gruden, Gruden's system now for three years. I'm just like, dude, keep him. Just keep him. And, you know, that's that's what I would like to see. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I there's a couple different things I'm kind of looking into here. Uh, and really it all starts for me. It starts with uh, – Really, would the Raiders what would they be giving uh, willing to give up for him? But before I kind of get more into that, Tristan, I saw you shaking your head a little bit about the Raiders' top offense, and I wanna I wanna back up Garrett a little bit here uh, as I was looking through because I believe I thought that the Raiders were a team that went like started off like four zero or something, but I wasn't I was incorrect on it. They actually started out two and two. They got a huge win against the Kansas City Chiefs, and I remember that was the game where I was like, wow, like this team, like they can put up points. Uh, they they beat him forty to thirty two. Uh, when you outshoot Patrick Mahomes in a game that I, I in Kansas City, and Derek Carr threw for over three hundred and forty yards, three touchdowns, and one pick, that offense looked lethal. And I think that you know if you're looking at all the other like their defense, like he said, you know you look at the first six games here, they allowed 34, 24, 36, 30, 32, 45, uh, and then finally they came back against. Uh, the Browns and allowed you know one sixteen six. But point is, I think that if uh, they were th- this defense is able to put in more more performances like the Browns game, I, this could be a pretty good team. Now I'm not necessarily saying that. I mean, because the, the Chiefs are still the, I I feel like a tough team. But uh, even though the, the the Super Bowl loss, but I I I seriously think that the, the Raiders are still a good team. What are your thoughts on the the offense and and you know just I'm going to give you this this time. Go ahead, my man. Well. I don't necessarily view Derek Carr as a top 15 quarterback. Um, I don't think he's bad, uh, but I don't think he's going to go anywhere in that offense. I do think they should keep him, but I don't think he should be a starter. Unless, if they were to draft somebody or trade for somebody, I think uh, if somebody was there to challenge him for his job, as soon as they put Marcus Mariota in uh, last year, they started moving the ball better and faster than they did with Derek Carr, besides that one outlier game against Kansas City they had. Um I don't think Carr's going to – I mean, he's been in there under Gruden for, what, three years now or two? Three. He's been under Gruden for three. And I don't personally feel like it's gotten – it's progressed much over the last three years. I kind of feel like they're just at, like, a stalemate with Derek Carr. Like, he's a good game manager, 
but he's not going to take you to the playoffs and win playoff games. I feel like they need somebody that'll put him over the top. But it's not a knock on Derek Carr. I like him, and I think he's good. If they had, like, a top five offensive line, I think he would be a top ten quarterback. But uh, their draft needs, I uh, we're talking about we're on the Russell Wilson topic. So yeah, we're still on the that. Russell Wilson topic. Yeah, sorry, go I ahead. don't. Russell Wilson, I saw a post on Instagram. He looks he looks good in black and silver, but uh, I saw an edit. It looked good. He looked good in black and silver, but there was, I don't think the Raiders are a team that would go out and get him, and I agree with Garrett. I think they should stay away from it because of what you'd have to give up to get it, and I think they shouldn't potentially give up draft picks where they could use to draft needs on defense, like interior defensive line, uh, a good linebacker, another safety to play be- uh, beside Abrams. Um there's too many needs. I don't think it's worth giving up that much when you already have a quarterback who's proven he can win games. Um, he just needs a little help. So I, I definitely agree. He should stay away from uh, the Raiders. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, I think it's important uh, to kind of engage and look at uh, Russell Wilson and, and things he's accomplished, uh, and, and and ask ourselves would he solve their problems? And if I'm being honest, I don't know if Russell Wilson would. Uh, I think. I think even if they did trade for Russell Wilson, I think they would. They might be a little bit better with Derek Carr with, uh, than Derek Carr. The even though I have a lot of respect for Derek Carr, I think he's a good quarterback. I would say he's in that top fifteen conversation easily. Um, now, I don't know if he's top ten. I think that's another thing we'll have to get into at another time. But I, I think if you look at what Derek Carr brings uh, in terms of stability. He does. He's almost like a Kirk Cousins. Like he really is. Like if you think about it, if he's got a good setup behind him, if he's got some good receivers, a good offensive line, like he he can make some things happen now. Like there's games where he looks nearly unstoppable when he stands in that pocket. Now I do wish the Vikings had the Raiders' offensive line at times, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but I will say um, that with Russell Wilson's scrambling ability, I'm not sure. Uh, I like everybody. Everybody makes that excuse for Russell Wilson. Like they always say, you know, oh well, he's got an awful offensive line. Um, I don't know if he's actually going to be able to uh, find a way to. Uh, like I, I just don't know if he's going to be able to acclimate to a good offensive line. If you ask me, here's why: because I feel like Fran Tarkington. He's a great example. There are just certain quarterbacks in the NFL that are just good at getting away from pressure. Excuse me. Oops. I feel like there are certain quarterbacks that just thrive on their scrambling ability, and Russell Wilson is one of those quarterbacks. So when we can talk about you know a good offensive line, I think it would help him in terms of pocket awareness and pocket passing, that rather. But at the end of the day, what makes Russell Wilson so special is his ability to uh, to move in the pocket, is his ability to scramble, make plays, extend plays, and and, and create plays uh, more with his legs. So I don't necessarily know uh, that just by adding Russell Wilson it would make them a better team. So for that reason and all the reasons I just went over, I think that the the, the Seahawks, or excuse me, the uh, the Raiders should not partake in this trade. I think they should kind of. Uh, you know, either a play it safe with Derek Carr, or if they if they find a quarterback in this draft that they like, maybe trade up for him. But I think Derek Carr is good enough to get the job done because of the things that this offense did last year. And also, I also think that if they can, even if the Raiders even had a, I would say top fifteen defense, I feel like this team would be a playoff team. Like they, oh, they would be. They would. I be. think they would be a playoff team. I think two more games. I think if they have a top fifteen. Defense, Garrett. I think they win at least two more games. They're in the playoffs uh, and they're in the dance. So I think they could win a playoff game if they had a top fifteen defense too. To be honest with you, 
I do as well. I think that um, at the end of the day, it comes down to you know offense wins games, defense wins championships. So if the Raiders can add some, uh, you know, can get some more pieces on their defense, uh, we'll get into the draft needs in just a second here. But I think if they can do that uh, and stay away from this Russell Wilson trade, in which they'd probably have to give up quite a few picks. Um, I think it could be uh, really something uh, cool and fun to watch. So um, without that further ado... Right, can I say uh, one more quick thing about, about this go, situation go, that go, I... Go. that like, But for instance, Russell Wilson, you know, passively, aggressively is pretty much demanding a trade. Deshaun Watson is demanding a trade. Derek Carr, for like the last like three years, has just been just crapped on by people. Just absolutely crapped on by people. Last year, he had to deal with the same crap with Tom Brady... This year, he's having to deal with the same crap with Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson and all this other stuff. And you know how we re- how he reacts to it? He goes, I love being a Raider. I love being a part of this team. You know? And this dude has – how many times have you guys ever heard Derek Carr throw our defense under the bus? How many times has he put the blame on anybody else but himself? And I respect that so highly of him, and that's why I love him so much as a human being. And that's also another reason, like, why I like I want to stick with him. And because you know, there's even been times where I'm just like, you gotta be, bu- you gotta be better, man. Like, I need you to be better. <laughs> and but that's just why, like, I like I can't give up on this guy. And I'm just like, I you got like I'll give him another year, or you know, even two years, you know, because like I I truly think that you know, like he's like I said, he's good, and he's if he just gets you know, you you need some you need some people around you. Like Deshaun Watson won four games. You know, like it's quarterback's an important position, but you need other roles. You need other playmakers. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, I also think uh, you know we, it's time to kind of head into uh, the top draft deeds here for the Raiders. Uh, and I have a lot of love and respect for a guy like Derek Carr because it's one thing to be able to lead your team as a quarterback, but it's a whole other thing to be able to lead your team uh, as a person too. And I think that, that players definitely feed off that. So um, let's go in here and let's talk about the, the Raiders. Uh, what I'm going to have you do, Garrett, is I'm going to have you start by saying uh, the top five needs for the Raiders uh, and and kind of just giving you a little synopsis on all of that. Okay. Um, this might extend just draft needs. Number one is they need to fix some stuff with their salary cap. Uh, they're paying Carl Nassib, who's a defensive end they got from the Cleveland Browns, too much money, and he, like, barely played it all. So they need to get rid of him. They got rid of Tyrell Williams just this past week and freed up $10, 10 million in space. Uh, LaMarcus Joyner, we're paying him, like, $22 million, something like that, or $21 million, something like that, We in, in as a nickelback, and he's not really the – you know, he really hasn't made that production that he needs to be making. So I would be okay if they got rid of him and freed up some more salary cap. Um, Trent Brown is my love-hate one because he's such a beast, and we got him from the Patriots. And if we if we got rid of him, we'd free up $14 million for our cap. But it's like, you know, is he going to be able to stay healthy? Because if he stays healthy, it's like we have to have him. But that's like yep. the gamble you got to take with him. So one is and, – and we got to figure out what the heck we're going to do with Nelson, Nelson Aguilar. And so that's like my number one thing is seeing what the Raiders are going to do with this cap space because that'll go into my second point is bringing in possible free agents. And, you know, I don't know how likely some of these free agents are or or whatnot, but I would love to see the Raiders go out and get like Richard uh, Richard uh, Sherman. Sherman from the 49ers because – 
for instance, you have uh, Jonathan Abrams, who's going to be in his third year, but technically a second because he got injured. You have Trayvon Mullen, who's going to be in his third year as our starting cornerback. You have Damon, uh, Damon Ar- 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 Armet, Arnett, uh, who's going to be – well, he missed so many games that practically this next season is kind of going to be mainly his rookie year. You know, he got to play a couple. And you bring Richard, C- Richard Sherman in with those three young defensive backs that I all like, that gives them a really good guy that can help them. It also brings a vocal leader to that defense, and I think that's something that they really, really need to go as. Um, I still think he's, like, a good athlete. I'm not going to say he's elite by any means, but I think he's a good athlete that they could pay some money to and get him on there and get him with this this team that would that would really, really help. And that's kind of, like, one of, like, the more, like, things that I would like to see in free agency is the Raiders to go after – you know, they don't need to go after, like, somebody that's, like, elite by any means. But they need to go after somebody who's a leader, who will be a leader on that defense. Because that's what they're missing. If you look at this whole Raiders team, who's who's the leader on it? Max Crosby. Max Crosby? You know, like, like no, we need a guy that's in, like, has a great reputation and is, you know, is known for what he's done in the league to come in and actually do something like that. Um, my third for uh, needs is I kind of brought this up with the first one, but it's kind of figuring out it, figuring out what we're going to do with Nelson uh, Aguilar because if we don't bring him back, who I want the Raiders to look at is Allen Robinson from the Bears. You know, everybody's like saying like every every Bears fan is like, pay that man, pay that yeah, man, yeah. you know. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm I would love for the Raiders to pay him if we can't bring back Nelson Aguilar. So that's that's like the one offensive thing that I'll say about the Raiders because if they do anything in this draft offensively, I'm going to lose my mind. And then for like the, the you know, four and fifth needs, it's going to be drafting defensive uh, players. But I would rather them go for front seven guys. Uh, there's that Uwosu out of Notre Dame who Mel Kuyper has them picking. I would love for them to take a young linebacker to uh, to join up with Littleton, who was actually a really good free agency signing that we got from the Rams last year. That is something that I would love love to see. And then just something on, like, the defensive line or even, like, a, another linebacker. Those first, like, three to four rounds should all be spent on front seven guys. And then after those first four picks, I, I think that would be my only time that I would be okay with the Raiders drafting possibly an offensive player. Because afterwards, I think in the NFL draft, after you acquire um, your main needs, you know, in those first, you know, few rounds, I think the most important thing your team can do is just to kind of take the best player available. I'm sure the Packers. Well, I think that kind of that's kind of rough though, because it is hard. Like it's hard finding those quality players. Uh, when you get farther and later in the draft, but you're like you're you're right, Garrett. After you get your first couple of needs, you you just kind of take best player available. If there's and if that happens to fill a need, great. You know, if you can double down in some positions, I think that's really big too. I really like what you said about Owosu. Um, I, I he's to me though, I almost feel like he's. I've watched a lot of tape on him because he was a guy that uh you know I watched uh when I was making other Raiders Raiders videos rather. He is what I would consider uh almost too. Just a bit too light, but he's light, like lightning quick. Like, and also another thing I really like about Owosu is there is nobody better in my mind in this draft 
at stripping the football out. Now, I don't know if you watched his highlight tape uh, and the things that he did at Notre Dame this last year, but for a guy that just found a way to fly around the football field, and I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a guy that's better in coverage uh, than Owosu as well. So um, if you're looking for a guy that's look, that can cover sideline to sideline who might have a little bit of trouble getting off, you know, getting out of the mess in terms of the run game in the NFL, I think Owosu will struggle with that a bit. But at the end of the day, when you've got a uh, when you've got a guy that can fly around, make plays, uh, and, and you're going to play Patrick Mahomes twice a year, and you're going to need some good cover, uh, good cover linebackers. Um, I think that's really huge. But in your mind, Garrett, what is uh, really like the biggest uh, defensive all uh, like front seven need? Because I like I, I talked about it. I felt like Christian Barmore was a guy you guys could go after the defensive tackle out of Alabama. I felt like a guy. Uh, there was even guy. I even said you guys should trade up. Uh, 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 for a couple of different players, uh, you know, and I think at the end of the day, it really just uh, things, it really matters uh, as to who you guys are, like what you uh, can do to fix these positions in the best way through the draft. And who do you really think is our guys that you guys really need to take shots on for those front seven? Oh, man. That's almost such a tough question because it's like our defensive ends like are having a tough time getting to the quarterback. Our defensive tackles are having a tough time. Our linebackers, like the Raiders front seven is so bad that it's like any of those guys will help. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, like it's one of those things where as long as they take one of those front seven guys with that first round pick and Mel Kuyper in his last mock draft, which I'm going to stop looking at as mock drafts because he had – some weird trades and he had the Jets picking up Kyle Pitts in the fourth overall spot and had Zach Wilson going number two for some trades and had the Raiders taking a defensive back at a TCU. And if I was a, if I was a, if I was a uh, GM in the NFL, I would never draft a secondary player from the big 12 conference. (laughs) But so like, as long as the Raiders like, and it's, and it's tough because, I know you're asking like for like just like a name or something like that, but it's they just have to take a front seven player. They just have to. They have to. Um, and like for instance, if there's a spot where like they have to trade up to make sure that they get one of those elite spots on the defensive line or in the line or a linebacker, then yeah, I'm okay with them trading up. But I don't think you do that until like hey, like we're running out of some of these top front seven guys because the Raiders are the draft at 17. Mm-hmm. I believe. Yep. And so, like, they're going to get to see who's going and who's not going. And, you know, if they get one of those guys to fall to them, that's okay. Um, I also saw uh, – and we would have to do another instant uh, meeting if this were to happen. It's not going to happen. But if J.J. Watt chose the Raiders, who I guess, according to John Clayton, is a dark horse for him – I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's going to happen. It actually kind of, like, upset me when I saw it because I'm like, why do they got to do this to me? Why do they got to throw J.J. Watt in front of me? <laughs> like, a, like a $100 bill thrown in front of me. Like, yeah, you want this? You want this? You can't have it. Because Do you, do you really would, think he would solve a lot of you guys' problems? Like, do you think he would really uh, bring uh, some really big things about, like, what, like, yes. like J.J. Watt? Like what, Absolutely. So, first and, first and foremost, like I brought up with the Richard Sherman or, ordeal, he would be a leader. He would be such a good leader and motivator for that defense. Um, they pair him up with, uh, like, Max Crosby on the other side of the line, and I feel like that would really help Max Crosby get some, you know, one-on-one attention because J.J. Watt's still a beast by, you know, any means. But I think that would solve some good 
things. And it would also help out what they need to do in the draft. They would be able to go after a defensive tackle then or just be like, you know, go for a guy like Uosu out of Notre Dame. Um, but, yeah, like I said, they got – their front seven is not fun to look at. Mm-hmm. I also think, though, that Micah Parsons would actually make a very interesting pick to the Raiders. When you talk about you – know, you just talked about it. They had some problems with their D-line, with their linebackers. You get a guy like Micah Parsons who can shoot the gaps like that, uh, that can just come out of nowhere, uh, plays fast. I feel like that would be a really intriguing pick for the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, you always hope that. <laughs> I, You know, I, I get so nervous with, like – like, for instance, the only defensive player, like, in the first round that, like, got picked that I was like, this dude's actually going to be, like, a stud was uh, that that uh, Chase, Chase Young, mm-hmm. who yeah. went to the yeah. Washington football team. Like, besides him, I was kind of like, well, are these other guys going to be able to, you know? That's the thing about rookies is that it's like, well, is he going to be able to dominate a NFL player who's been in the league? Yes or no? Is he going to be a bust? Is he going to be like Cleveland Farrell? Yep. Or, you know, so that's why I almost like looking at free agencies in some aspects. Like I said, with the Richard Sherman for the defensive backs or, uh, you know, the J.J. Watt's not going to happen. So I won't even bring that up. I mean, truthfully, you never really know uh, when it comes to free agency because there's a lot of things that go on. A lot of you know, there, we we really don't know what's going on in everybody's mind. So I think it could be something that's really interesting. But I do also think that at the end of the day, uh, you know, never count a guy like you know, never count you guys out because uh, you never know. So I mean, JJ Watt, I think would definitely do a lot uh, uh, for that uh, and definitely help up shore some uh, some needs up. Uh, Tristan, what are your initial thoughts on this? On what JJ Watt or the Raiders draft? Both. Well, J.J. Watt, um, apparently, he narrowed his choice down to three teams, uh, the Green Bay, Tennessee Titans, and Pittsburgh. And mm-hmm. I did see that the Raiders were potentially a dark horse. Um, but J.J. has previously stated he wants to play for a contender, so that eliminates three of them, and it leaves Green Bay. Uh, <laughs> but he does live in Wisconsin, about an hour south of Green Bay, and that's where he is right now, training. Um, I... I love it and I hate it if they were to sign JJ. You can't pay him. You can't pay him a lot of money. Uh, it's too risky that he'll even play eight games. Um, I don't know. The Packers defense needs a leader. They need that guy in the locker room. But, you know, I don't really care if they sign him or not. There's other good players that are definitely more durable than JJ Watt that could make just as big of an impact. Levante David is a free agent, the linebacker from the Bucks, And I think. Uh, there's a couple other really good linebackers that are free agents, but I know Levante Davis is one of the better ones. Um, and like we were talking about linebackers, I think you don't have to be big to be a linebacker anymore. You have to be able to tackle, you have to be able to hit your gaps, and you have to be able to fly sideline to sideline. Those are the best linebackers in the NFL right now. Um, Kendricks is one of those guys. Uh, Fred Warner is one of those guys. Levante David, Devin White. There's, there's a lot of really good sideline-to-sideline side linebackers, and I think that's the way the linebacker position's heading. But I don't really care where J.J. end up and going. If he comes to Green Bay, that's really cool because it would really help our defensive line, and it would really give them a, a veteran presence on defense and a good leader. But at the same time, you can't pay – like, he's received offers, I guess, like $15, 16000000 a year, but they yep. won't say who from. If I'm Green Bay, the most I can even offer this dude is like 8 or $9 million a year. Um, realistically, I doubt they would even offer him $10 million a year. Green Bay is pretty notorious for being cheap when it comes to bringing in free agents. So 
probably not going to happen unless JJ is going to play for like six, seven, eight million dollars a year, which he might if he wants to play at Wisconsin or in Wisconsin. Um, but as far as the Raiders' biggest draft needs um, for first round, I, I really think they should go defensive front seven, um, whether it's interior defensive line or a middle linebacker. I think they're okay on the edges with uh, Crosby and uh, what's his name, Cleveland Farrell. See you end. Yeah. Um, obviously, he didn't play great, but I think he's still good and he's got potential. Um, I, there's a couple defensive tackles I think they could go after in the first round if they're still available. One of them is the Davion Nixon from Iowa. He was really good, and I think he's ranked like third or fourth in the draft. So he, he'll probably be there for them to take. And then Levi, uh, I don't know, Levi Orenzuki, defensive tackle from Washington. Um, he's ranked top three, four, two. So he'd be another really good one to take. And for second round, they should either – there's a lot of ways they could go second round. I think offensive line needs a bit of help. Um, I think their starting five on offensive line on paper aren't bad at all. But I think last year when they had guys go down, um, it really showed they had a lack of depth at offensive line because their, their backup players would just get blown up. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them go offensive line and get some solid offensive linemen. If they don't, <clears throat> I think they should draft a safety or a corner. Um, or, you know, if they went off to Richard Sherman, that'd be great. He's obviously not elite anymore, but he's still he's, uh, he's above average, and he can cover the best receivers still fairly well. But the reason I think they should go after a safety over a corner is so that Jonathan Abram can play more to his strength, which is uh, an in-the-box safety, which is where he's really good, and draft another good safety to kind of play over the top. Because um, Abram's kind of had to fly around and do a little bit of both, and I feel like it's kind of taken away from his game a little bit. So I think if they got him another safety, that would help him. Uh, I think that safety unit would be really good, and I think the corners would become better because of it. And I think they'll draft a corner. Um, depending on what happens with Egalor, they could go after a wide receiver in like the third, a third or fourth round. Uh, and then I, I think they'll draft a quarterback in the later rounds, uh, five, six, seven. Um, Again, nothing against Derek Carr or Marcus Mariota, both good. But I just don't really think both of them will be – one of them probably won't be there after this next year. So – and it'll probably be Marcus Mariota. Uh, what, what would you give up for Marcus Mariota? What would I give up for Marcus You're, Mariota? Yeah, yeah. So I was always – so that's the curious thing I'm looking at is, like, these teams that need a quarterback. What do you think the Raiders could get for Marcus Mariota? Could probably get maybe – in terms of draft picks, I bet you could get – the highest you could probably get for Marcus is a third, maybe, I think. Maybe a third and a fifth or a sixth, I think. I don't know. He's, he's, he's definitely probably better than most of the quarterbacks that are going to come out of the draft this year, besides maybe like three three or four of them. Um, yeah, I don't know because you haven't seen a lot of them these last couple of years, so it's hard to place uh, draft value on him. If team if a team were to just want to pay him, I'm not really sure what Oakland's or uh, Las Vegas is paying him right now. He's probably under 10 million a year around. Uh, I could see a team who really really needs a quarterback, maybe giving him 10 to 13 million a year, just taking a chance on him for one or two years. But it's kind of a weird situation. But it's it's a good situation to be in to have a backup quarterback who's a starting caliber quarterback. Um, yeah, it's a weird situation. But I do think. Uh, a, a development project quarterback would be something the Raiders should look into in the later rounds. Um, 
But later round quarterbacks never really get a chance to play or develop into much anyways. So it's almost kind of a waste of a pick. But there's anomalies here and there with late round quarterbacks going on to do really good. But yeah, I think the front seven needs a lot of work. I would go after one or two offensive linemen, maybe a middle linebacker. And definitely, I think, a safety, a corner, or a wide receiver for sure. Well, I kind of share Garrett's concern in the front seven because I firsthand got to see how rough it was when we had some players go down and, and saw a leaky front seven because no matter how good your corners are, when you have a, a D-line that can't get any pressure on the quarterback and you bl- are forced to blitz linebackers uh, that leave holes in, in, in certain gaps of the defense, I think it puts a lot of pressure on your corners because, A, you, we just talked about it, those 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 D-linemen that can't quite get home. Uh, and, it, again, it just it – just, makes corners job so much harder and safeties and, and linebackers who are covering. So I think uh, I really am high on the Raiders taking a defensive tackle again, Christian Barmore, even later in the uh, second or third, maybe even fourth round guy like Marvin Wilson uh, and even some guys you mentioned, Tristan as well. But at the end of the day, I feel like the Raiders really have to go defensive tackle uh, at some point because they need to get somebody nasty in there. Almost a guy like, uh, uh, like I thought PJ Hall was going to be something really special, but ended up kind of washing out because of, uh, yeah. you know, s- s- some, you know, cause he looked like an athlete, didn't he, Gary? He looked like an athlete, like just a guy yeah. that's big. And Maurice, actually, Maurice Hurst has been the one that, um, so they have Jonathan Hankins and they have Maurice Hurst on their D tackles. And I actually like Maurice Hurst. He was the one from Michigan who had like the one problem. So he like fell back in the draft and we got him. And I personally do like Maurice Hurst, but I just, we we need a we need a like a three years ago Linval Joseph type dude. Yep, exactly. if you, if you, that's the type of guy you need. Yeah, taking up double teams so your linebackers can flow uh, and just really make plays all over the place. Because and I think that's even a really big position need for the Vikings too, which we'll get into a little bit. But also, I feel like. Um, there is uh, there's something to be said that of those teams that can get those defensive tackles that can take up double teams uh, and, and really just make everybody else's on the line and linebackers' jobs easier when it comes to run game fits and also uh, playing uh, and getting, getting to the quarterback. Did you have anything else you wanted to add uh, there, there, Tristan? I know you're taking a drink, so I'm sorry. I hate to do this to you. Is that sun-kissed or what, what is that? No, it's actually – it's like a Mio packet, kind of. Oh, cool. Like oh, a little cool. energy drink. Yes. I gotta go to the gym that's after good. this. But yeah, um, no, that's I don't really have anything else to add on the Raiders. It's definitely a team that I think is on the cusp of being good in a playoff team, but they definitely need a little bit of help. And if they draft right and they have an, an A or B graded draft, I think they could be a really good team. But I think they should. I don't know what their cap situation is. If they're looking like they're going to be over or under cap right now, do you know, Garrett? No, so that's that's why I kind of like when I brought up like their first point is they have to. Sorry, you need to chill a little bit, homie. Anyways, so uh, that's why I brought up like they have to figure out like what they're gonna do with their cap space. You know, are they gonna keep Trent Brown? Are they gonna keep Lamarcus Joyner? Are they gonna keep Carl Nassib? Are they gonna keep these guys that they owe quite a bit of money to? And so that depending on you know their situation with those players is uh you know, it's going to depend on how they are with the, how they are with their uh, cap space. If I'm, if I'm Gruden or uh, Mayock, I think I let go of Aguilar. I free up. I let go of Trent Brown. I bring in Allen Robinson. I would love I, that. I would love Allen Robinson. I will say this right now. Allen Robinson is such an underrated wide receiver. Yes, yes he I is. Would, I would love to have Allen Robinson. 
Sign Allen Robinson, first round of the draft, trade up and get a defensive tackle. Trade up into the top 10, draft a defensive tackle, and then one or two offensive linemen, and then mess around with whatever else, a corner. Uh, but I think if they could bring Allen Robinson in, um, their offense, they've got weapons. So it could be a, be a scary offense. But I, I do think uh, they need to upgrade over Aguilar. Absolutely. I, I also think uh, – sorry, Gary, did you want to say something? Um, just one more thing that really bothered me about the Raiders this year personally is you look at the Vikings and how much they used, um, Jefferson, which by the way, I would like to say out that I called that he was going to be like the, the breakout receiver this year before the season ever ha- happened. He did. And yeah. it took like till week three for it to start showing, but I was like, I feel really smart for once in my life with this pick. <laughs> but you look at how the Cowboys were with CeeDee Lamb and how CeeDee Lamb was with Dak Prescott and how he, you know, he even was okay with Andy Dalton. Uh, the Broncos suck, so I'm not even going to talk about Jerry Judy. Um, you know, but you look at all those wide receivers and they all got so many more opportunities than Ruggs did. And so this offense needs to use – they need to use him. Like, I, I was, like, I was constantly waiting for the Raiders to, like, give this guy multiple targets a game. And I was almost like, God, we use Henry Ruggs as if he was, like, a fifth-round pick for some reason in this offense. And that's one thing that I really hope the Raiders kind of work on is giving that guy more touches. Because, mm-hmm. there's like, cause for instance, like, why are you going to waste a first-round pick on a guy if you're not going to use him? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That's how you probably felt with Jordan Love. Yeah. Hey, good good trade capital, which is uh, yeah. it's coming. Probably not this year, maybe next year yeah. if Rodgers plays a good year again, which is no. very likely. Well, yeah, well, I well, I also think that you know that even kind of goes with the Vikings too. They didn't play Justin Jefferson a whole lot for the or give him a lot of targets for the first two weeks, and then week three, huh? Looks out, like he comes out, and knows how to play some football. So I think uh, I think it really comes down to uh, like offensive scheme and fit like if you think about it the Raiders have really turned into a good running uh, running team like that like Josh Jacobs is I believe Josh Jacobs is a top running back in the NFL and he needs to get more respect immediately but also I think you know, that th- th- it also kind of just matters uh, that it's really important that people look at both sides because perspective is everything I'm gonna get make t-shirts that's pre- that say perspective is everything because I I'm starting to realize it really is when you think about how good this Raiders team is at running the football and how good they've gotten at doing it. I, I think it's kind of rough to say, hey, let's give it to this 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 uh, stallion we've got in the backfield and see if we can try a play action. I think you need to try that, try a play action, get get a deep shot to Ruggs, who can straight out run. Like I'm talking, that boy can just run. So um, I think at the end of the day, uh, the Raiders need to find a way to get him the ball, like you said more. Um, but I'm actually going to kind of go to a little bit of the Vikings here. I just kind of want to kind of put in something real quick. Um, you know, I, I talked about the, the Vikings top needs, uh, and we'll continue to do this with the Vikings and Packers. Uh, I think, um, and even Tristan, if you feel comfortable a little bit later on here, don't going over some of the, the second need of the Packers, because we talked about already, you know, the, the Packers and uh, all their top five needs. But if you want to go through there, some draft players you think would really be good for their first second need or just their second whatever but i'm gonna go through the vikings second need here at guard um interior offensive lineman i think garrett bradbury has been a i don't want he's not been a disappointment but he is not where he should be 
uh, especially after his uh, just completing his second year in the NFL. When the Vikings took him out of North Carolina State, I'm thinking, okay, they got a hog, a guy that can clear the space, can uh, that he can reach block, he can get out in space and just run with some of these really athletic linebackers and just lead the way. His pass blocking has been uh, awful. It's been straight up awful. So I think that if you're going to have a, a team like the Vikings that looks to run the football and, you, and you're not really going to pass it, okay, that's fine. If you don't really need to throw the football, then you know keep doing what you're doing. But if you need, if you get down, Garrett Bradbury needs to find that anchor and, and be able to bury some of these defensive tackles. And I just I haven't seen it consistently over the first two years. So if the Vikings are going to do this, they need to either do a couple of things in this offseason. Clearly, they need to go after defensive tackle. I've covered that, but they need to go after some uh, offensive linemen. And it starts. Uh, you know, it, it, there's a ton of li- linemen that I really think the Vikings could go after. Um, but I, I think that. At the end of the day, they have to be very selective in how they go about them. And uh, when they do make that selection, they have to make a guy and, and select a player that plays multiple different positions. Because I think at the end of the day, it's great to get one player that can uh, come out and do some things. But it's it's even more valuable to have a player that's very versatile. So um, I'm not necessarily 100% sure on uh, necessarily. Uh, the best player to go after, but um, I really fell in love uh, with a guy like Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma, who played center mainly there for the Sooners. Uh, in my mind, an an animal. Watch this man at the Senior Bowl. Watch how he performed. I think it's really important that you take a look at center because I know you just drafted the guy in the first round a couple of years ago at center, but part of fixing any problem is admitting that there is one. So if you want to fix a problem, you have to look at other solutions. And if you want to say oh, you want this offensive line to be the best it can be, okay, look at all your options. Look at Creed Humphrey. You know, look at Quinn Minores who can play some guard, can play some center. Uh, and um, you know, I, I think, uh, and he was another guy. I think you can get in the fourth round. I'm really high on Quinn Minores. I think he's going to be a special player. Um. You I mean, Rashawn Slater, who's also probably going to be a first-round talent. I think you can play. You can play him at, at at guard. I think you can play at tackle. I think he's very athletic coming out of Northwestern. There, Trey Smith, who's a little bit uh, more of a. He's a, he is just a. He's just a. He's a big grape in the left side of the line. That just he's not going to get moved. Like you're not going to move Trey Smith. He deserves a, a shot, and I think Trey Smith should be another guy on the on the Vikings radar. Like maybe Grape was a uh, he's he's a big log that's not going anywhere. That's probably better. I don't know why I'm I'm saying Grapes. I'm probably hungry out here. But the point is, you, when you want to run the football and you need some stability, you need to find a way and get a guy like Trey Smith. Also, Elijah Vera Tucker's a guy. Uh, but at the end of the day, the Vikings should the last player I really think the Vikings should have on their radar to fix this guard problem. Wyatt Davis, uh, an All American right guard uh, from Ohio State. Had a knee injury uh, in the college football playoffs, but I think if he can come back and show that his knee is okay, uh, and then he's still got, uh, and he's he's back to where he was playing in college. Watch out, because if the Vikings can get Wyatt Davis in the later rounds, his knee is good to go. They got a they've got a, a round one top ten pick. If Wyatt Davis before his knee injury was a top ten pick, if they can get him in the fourth rounds and he's but he's good to go and sitting on that right side, oh baby. Like did we get? It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be really fun. So, uh, you know, and even though Ezra Cleveland played well on the right side, maybe they could see if they could move Wyatt to to left guard or whatever. It doesn't matter. But if you can get Wyatt Davis in the fourth round, I think that's really something uh, to really uh, be excited about. So that's my little quick thing of fixing the Vikings' interior offensive line needs. I think there's a lot of players that they can use to kind of do that, but I think it really starts with those four players. And, and again, Creed Humphrey is a guy that I think they should go after too. Um, but let's go uh, real quick. Uh, do you guys want to add anything, or do you just want to go talk about promising players from both the Rams and the Raiders? I want to. I want to ask Tristan one Packer question right now. Yeah. Okay. Have you uh, have you sent your goodbye letter to Aaron Jones yet? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
um, this offseason. Uh, the Packers have a number of things they need to do. Um, Aaron Jones won't be back, and Corey Lindsley's not going to be back, uh, which is pretty – that's a big blow. Uh, Corey Lindsley's a top two, three center in the NFL. He's an all-pro center. Yeah. I think he was first-team all-pro, so I guess technically he's the best center in the NFL. But it's, it doesn't look like either of them are coming back. But – after I saw what we had in A.J. Dillon, I'm more okay with it. Um, A.J. Dillon needed to get the ball a lot more is what, is what I was saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a travesty how much they fed him against the Titans at the end of the season, and he just went off. And then you get into cold-weather home football games at Lambeau Field, and you give him two carries against Tampa when Aaron Jones couldn't get anything going. Uh, I don't know. I, I think Aaron Jones is gone. But I'm, I'm happy with Jamal Williams, and I'm happy with A.J. Dillon. I think they'll probably draft another running back unless they have a lot of faith in uh, Dexter Williams. We drafted that guy out of Notre Dame two years ago. He's just been on practice squad. or He hasn't played. But first thing they need to do is create some cap space um, because right now they're still a bit over. And by doing that, I think the first couple things they should do is restructure and extend Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Both of them have two years left on their contract, and they both get paid a lot of money right now. So I think they need to extend and restructure both of them if they intend on keeping Aaron Rodgers. If they don't intend on keeping Aaron Rodgers much longer, um, you might as well just get rid of him now and save some damn money. But <laughs> I, I don't know. I think they need to extend both of them um, and create some cap space. They need to cut Preston Smith. Um, I really like the Smiths, but I think Preston's got to go because he's eaten $9 million in cap space. And Kevin King's got to go because, uh, well, he's going to go. He's a free agent anyways. Like, um, and I, I doubt they have any interest in bringing him back uh, after what happened to him in the NFC Championship game. But, yeah, they've got some cap issues they need to figure out before anything, especially if they want to bring in any free agents. Um, but I... Uh, I don't really know. I don't pay a whole lot of attention to college football, so I'm not very familiar with college players um, until like we get around draft time. Like now, I'll start watching highlight tapes and doing a little bit of homework. But uh, I can tell you what the Packers need is wide receiver still. Um, I think Randall is it Randall Moore, uh, wide receiver. Rondell. I really oh, like Rondell. R Rondell Moore out of Purdue. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, that dude can ball. I really, really like him. I don't really think he'll be available at number 29. Before we pick, 29, 30. Yeah. Um, it's a prime spot to take another quarterback. Yeah, perfect spot. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody got some of those dark horse quarterbacks at the end of the yeah. first round. But, Utah uh, State. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think they'll trade up in the first round like they've done each of their last three years. And um, hopefully it's not for a quarterback this time, or I, I really hope it's not. It would make. If, yeah, if not, you can get Sam Ellinger in the sixth or seventh round. Yeah, yeah, he'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> but they need to trade up. I think this. I think this is the year Green Bay drafts a wide receiver in the first round or second round. I would love. I would love to put a, a little fun little bet on this because there's no way they're going to draft a receiver. They just. I know. They I know. refuse to. They refuse to for some reason. They do. I do like Alan always... Lazard. I do like Alan Lazard. I'll be honest with you. I do like Lazard. I like Lazard, but Marquez is better. Um, oh, Rondell Moore is a lot better than him, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, second 
Yeah, you're right. First round, they're not going to draft a wide receiver. If <laughs> if there was a year they would do it, it'd probably be this year, but uh, it's probably not going to happen. It'll probably be third or fourth round if they even think about drafting a wide receiver. I know they didn't last year in the deepest wide receiver class ever. Uh, <laughs> if that wasn't a sign, I don't know what is. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, terrible, terrible. But, yeah, they need a middle linebacker, corner, um, maybe a little O-line depth if we're getting rid of Lindsley. Uh, not a quarterback. Uh, maybe a wide receiver, um, maybe a running back, because Jones is probably gone. But on the bright side, we do get Devin Funchess this year, um, who obviously opted out of last year, and I still think he's got a lot of potential. He's never really played with a very good quarterback. He played with Cam Newton during his MVP year, <clears throat> and he had a pretty good year that year. But I still think Devin Funchess has a lot of good football left in him, especially – if he plays with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. So they probably won't draft a wide receiver because of that. But, yeah, we'll see. I think, yeah, yeah, that's, that's some good things uh, that you got into there. And then we'll, we'll, we'll be coming back next week to kind of touch on more of the Packers' needs, uh, you know, one through five, just talking about players we really like. And you know what? I, I If the Packers do draft <laughs> – if they do draft another quarterback, I'm gonna I'm gonna laugh a little bit. I'm sorry, uh, and I, I we're gonna come in and bring on a live reaction of you again, uh, like we did last year during the draft. Uh, I'm sorry, man, but we got it. We got to broadcast that because that was that was great. But it ended up, you know, the, the Packers made it back to the NFC Championship game, so I guess we can't talk anymore. But um, now let's kind of get into our last segment here in terms of uh, the promising players from the Raiders and the Rams. We were supposed to talk about the Rams first because, we're again, this is a, a segment where we talk about players from uh, the NFC and AFC teams, and we go by division and everything. We start from the worst teams in the NFC, AFC and NFC, and then we go, you know, keep going. So right now I believe we're on the AFC and NFC West, uh, and we, we, that's where we kind of got into with the Rams and the, uh, and the Raiders. So, Garrett, I was going to talk about the Rams, but since you're such a good buddy, I think we'll talk about the Raiders uh, and tell me about a player that you really uh, have noticed. Uh, it can be either you know a, an undrafted player or uh, it could be uh, it could be a guy that they just drafted a couple years ago. Who is yep. a player that you are really excited about as a Raiders fan? Trayvon Mullen. Trayvon Mullen. He we took him a couple of years ago in the third round out of Clemson. He is a guy that holds himself accountable. Uh, there were some plays last year where he really screwed up and had some bad pass interference calls and just like, you know, some, you know, just, you know, mental mistakes that, you know, with experience be better. He's hardworking. He doesn't blame other people for his mis- for his mistakes. And uh, when the media crushed him for it, he took it like a champ and was like, I have to get better. I have to put this on me. Uh, he's a hard worker. And like I said, like it, that, that makes me love a guy like him. And, you know, like I said, it would give him another year of experience and he's going to, you know, possibly be, you know, up there. And, you know, that's that's really why I want Richard Sherman to join this team. So I'm like, man, Trayvon Mullen is going to get better. But if you had Richard Sherman already to, you know, get that process going quicker, I think that would do a lot of good things for him. But, yeah, uh, I love Trayvon Mullen. I love him a lot. Um, I actually I love the three young defensive backs the Raiders have. It's my favorite part about the Raiders defense is those three young defensive backs because I was like, God, it'd be cool if they like could come up with some own like Legion of Boom Boom style nickname for whatever the heck they're good at doing. But they're just a, they're just they have so much potential to be great. You know, it's not like I watch Jeff Gladney for the Vikings and go, he's a bust. Please don't say. 
Please don't say that. Oh. But then, like, but like, then I see like Cam Dantzler. Uh, Cam, that's right, Cam Dantzler, right for the Vikings. I love Cam and I go, dude, I love Cam Dantzler. <laughs> I love Cam Dantzler. I don't know, I love Cam. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I can't believe you guys drafted Jeff Glad. And that's why you don't draft people out of TCU. You don't draft Big Twelve secondary players. You just don't do it. I love Trey Brown from Oklahoma, and he might be the best defensive back from the Big Big Twelve. You can't draft him. You just can't trust Big 12 defensive backs. <laughs> you can't do it. Don't do it. Because then what happens is that you get Antoine Winfield uh, Jr. going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers instead of his home state of Minnesota. That's true. So, That's yeah, Jeff Gladney's he's a bust. <laughs> and I, I think he'll continuously be a bust. And I think Cam Dancer will be like one of your guys' upcoming good cornerbacks. That's for the Vikings. We're talking about the Raiders. But, yeah, Trayvon Mullen. Love Trayvon Mullen to pieces. Um, excited to see what he can do this year because he got put in such a rough spot with like um, – because Arnett was hurt the whole time and we had some other – our cornerbacks just weren't good in general. So he was really put up against some like top-of-the-line talent and he had no front seven to help him out really. So I'm really, I'm really pulling for Trayvon Mullen and he's going to be the guy for the Raiders that I'm watching. That's awesome. Uh, and I, you, I really, that was the guy I was going to talk about. I've got a lot, I got like three or four guys that I, I'm really excited about for the Raiders. Tristan, uh, give me a player from the Raiders that you are excited about and think that, hey, this is, this is a player that deserves some recognition. I think a player who's going to continuously get better and eventually be really good is Brian Edwards, uh, the wide receiver. I absolutely love Brian Edwards. I watched him play. I watched. I remember I was in a I was in a bar I think with my dad or something we were watching he played for North Carolina or South Carolina I can't he played remember. the Gamecocks yeah South yeah Carolina. and I was watching a game and he had a pretty good game and I was just like damn this guy he's better than all the defenders out there and he got drafted by the Raiders and he obviously didn't get a whole lot of catches his rookie year but uh, I think that's a player who especially if they were to get rid of Aguilar Aguilar however the hell you say his name I feel like he could be a really really good number two receiver. Um, obviously not to the level of number two that like Jefferson is, but I do think Brian Edwards is going to be really good. And he's, he's, he's one of those guys where like, I feel like he's not at home in the Raiders offense. Um, he's one of those players I feel like could get traded somewhere and be really good. Uh, it just, I don't know. I just really like him and I feel like he's, uh, underserved in that offense. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. He's not wrong. I'm gonna say that right now. He's not wrong. It's the same thing with, and it's the same thing with Henry Ruggs too. Yeah, he's underserved. The same thing Even with because more. Yeah, they 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 didn't get the touches that they really should have been giving them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and I think again, I, I'm just gonna kind of continue to beat this horse to death just because I feel like it, it needs to just continue to be said. Um, in that, you know, if you have a good running game, it's, it's really hard. And this was, we saw it with the Vikings. I'm going to bring it up again with Justin Jefferson. We saw, uh, you know, when you can run the football very effectively, uh, you know, it's hard to try to say, hey, let's run some play action. Let's actually throw the football. Uh, but I think, you know, he is, you know, Edwards is a guy uh, that I think could be very special too. Uh, and especially when you got, you guys got like Ruggs, Edwards, Hunter, Renfro. I mean, there's a lot of talent on this Raiders squad uh, that I think a lot of people, uh, I, I they sleep on it. They really do. Um, and I think that at the end of the day, uh, they have to go out there and they have to really uh, be honest with themselves. My player, I, I'm I'm almost disappointed in you two. I mean, this is this is a, guy, a Raiders fan and, and a guy that does his, uh, that that really brings stuff every week. And Tristan, listen, Max Crosby, 
in my mind, is one of the most underrated defensive ends in the entire NFL. His In his first year, he had 10 sacks, uh, came out and just balled the former fourth-round pick, 106th overall selection of Eastern Michigan we're talking about. We're talking about a guy that's six foot five, 255, brings it every single snap, and quite honestly, I think that uh, he reminds me a lot of Jared Allen and the way he gets around tackles and the way he gets and puts pressure on the quarterback. Had, again, 10 sacks last year, seven this year. Uh, on a defense that, like we're being honest, it, it had some it had some rough times um, when it came to guarding wide receivers. If you get some quality corners in here, Max Crosby is going to be a perennial pro bowler and could potentially continue to find a way to bring home those 10 to 15 sack seasons. And I think he's definitely uh, something to really be excited about when you consider, you know, there's a lot of defensive ends, even for the Vikings. You know, I, I hope Daniel Hunter comes back and is 100% healthy. But I also know that uh, watching a guy like uh, like Crosby that comes in and gets it done, you know, he he to me, he's like, He's the lone player on the, the 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 Raiders defensive line that I'm like, okay, they've got a piece. Now what? Now let's go find another. You know what I'm saying? Like there is a lot of pieces on this team, but he on that defensive line, if they can bring in another defensive tackle, you know, Cleveland Farrell uh, can can live up to his draft status. I'm telling you, watch out for this Raiders defensive line because if they can start getting uh, a, a piece and then uh, Cleveland Farrell can live up, I'm telling you, this could be this could be a very dangerous defensive line for the Raiders. You know, um, and I think uh, you know it, it could be really fun. Even at, now that I'm thinking of it, even to kind of Throw it back to the Raiders in the old days. Even a guy like Howie Long get after the quarterback. I really can can think uh, that uh, Max Crosby can be like. Uh, so I'm really excited about Max Crosby. I think he's been underrated, savagely underrated for way too long, and I needed to come out and say it. So um, your thoughts, Garrett, real quick, because I know you're a Raiders fan and you, you look like you got seven to say. Yeah, no, this. like I love, like I like said, I love Max Crosby, and I think every Raiders fan knows Max Crosby is going to be good. And you know, he was kind of like. After, like, his, like, like just during his rookie year, everybody, every Raider fan loved him. And then so going into the second year, everybody was kind of like, yeah, like, he's going to, you know, continuously to get better. And so now every Raiders fan is like, okay, Max Crosby is good, but who's going to be that next guy on this Raiders defense that can possibly be good? And that's why I chose Trayvon Mullen. Because I think Trayvon Mullen could be, could be the next good one. Just imagine, just imagine if they had a guy like Khalil Mack to play yeah, alongside. Yeah, dude, but then we don't have Josh Jacobs. That's that's oh, that's rough. That's rough. And oh we had to pay God. that guy twenty some million, and the Bears haven't won a Super Bowl. So last thing I knew, neither team won that trade. Khalil <laughs> Mack is overrated. Ooh, Khalil dude. Mack is good at football. He's very good at he, football, but I do think he gets more credit than he deserves. Um, Denarius Smith is better than Khalil Mack, and yes. Denarius Smith gets snubbed. I think Sedarius Smith is a good football player. I'm not going to say that. Sedarius Smith is a very underrated football player. I'm not going to say that. Better but, stats uh, in every category the last two years straight than Khalil Mack. And everybody yeah. wants to put Khalil Mack I blame, over. I blame the Bears organization. God. I do, too. I just blame the Bears organization. It is imperative that I say this. I think that's just a reach by a bit, Tristan. Now, don't get me wrong. Sedarius Smith, he has terrorized the Vikings for years. I'm not debating that. I know that. But – Yes, these last two seasons, it hasn't gone exactly according to plan for the Bears uh, in terms of what Cleo Mack has brought for them. But let's also be kind of real about something. Khalil Mack is kind of forced to go out in coverage a little bit more than Zadarius Smith. Uh, and Zadarius Smith, and, and I think you can agree with this, Tristan, he goes after every quarterback that he plays against. And that, nobody can debate that. Khalil Mack is forced to kind of draw back into coverage a little more often than Zadarius Smith. So I think stats can be misleading. But at the end of the day, I think it's it's close. But under overrated, oh, man, that's that's oh, – that's, that, 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 Dude, that's you got to understand, what team does Khalil Mack play for? 
What team does Khalil Mack play for right now? The Bears. Very good defense. And and who is Tristan's favorite team? He's a Packers fan. And no. who do Packers fans hate more than anything? The Bears. Vikings. That's true. I don't, okay. I don't know. I, I think, well, like historically, though, I think Packers-Bears has been a bigger rivalry. But I yes. think like in the past, like, since Mike Zimmer has become the coach of the Vikings, I think that the the biggest rivalry in the N- NFC um, North, North is right now the Vikings and Packers. Mm-hmm. But, like, historically, it's it the Packers, Packers and Bears. Yeah, okay, I can agree with that. There's but only I'm, two teams in the NFL that I hate, and neither of them are in the NFC North. I hate the Dallas Cowboys. I would say hate Cowboys? The, Cowboys the got one of them. Good. I hate the Seahawks. Yeah, I hate Pete Carroll. I don't hate the Seahawks. I hate Pete Carroll. <laughs> well, I think the Seahawks... I don't know. Like, here's the thing about the Seahawks. Like, there was a time back in, like, 2009 where they were, like, straight, like, awful. Like, just almost, like, sell the team type of awful. And then all of a sudden, the Legion of uh, – I always get this wrong. The Legion of Doom or Legion of Boom. It doesn't matter anymore. Boom. Boom. Thank you. The Legion of Boom came in, and all of a sudden, they were they were wrecking fools. They were wrecking fools. And then now they've got one of the worst pass defenses in the entire NFL, but they got Russell Wilson. So, I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings about him. They knocked the Vikings off the wide left in 20 20- – Oh, that was right. I think it was 2015. I don't know. Seattle is probably one of the luckiest teams to have made the playoffs this last couple of years. They're not very good. They have Man, not. It's been getting bold in here today. It is getting They're bold. not that good. They I hate Seahawks too. I hate Pete Carroll. That's Russell all I Wilson single handedly has to carry this team. Outside of him, they barely have anything. They they live off of his deep balls to DK I, and Tyler Lockett. I was say, DK Metcalf is. DK Metcalf is absolutely without animal. yeah without Metcalf love, or Lockett. I would love to. I would love to have that man. I would let that dude. Yeah, that dude is crazy. DK Metcalf. They're <laughs> good. I feel like they're only D- good because they can air it out when they can't. I would let DK out, Metcalf play safety for the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying, Tristan? No, oh, I said the Seahawks are only good because when they win games, when they're able to win games, they can air it out against very poor defenses. But when it comes down to nitty-gritty technical football, they're garbage. Russell Wilson can't stand in the pocket and pick apart a defense. He can throw very good deep balls, very good medium balls. But when it comes down to, like, short game type of stuff, like, you have to, like, clinically put together a really long drive. They can't do it. Um, That's a team that I feel like hasn't been very good, and they're on the way down. Yeah, I think that's an interesting perspective. Um, And I think... Uh, the, I, I I just feel like the Seahawks have been on the cusp, but they, they they have relied on Russell Wilson for a while, so I have to agree with that. So, um, well, let's head into our last thing here because I'm not trying to take out most of your guys this Saturday. So let's 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 uh, let's let's kind of put a, a pin in this talking about top players from the Rams that we're excited about. Tristan, we've been going to him all day. Let's uh, let, we've been going to Garrett all day. Let's go to Tristan here talking about the Rams. In your mind, who is a player from the Rams that's young that rounds Rams that's young that you are very excited about? It. It, ha- it would be dumb if I picked anybody outside of Cam Akers. It would be it'd be dumb. Um, I'm not saying you guys are going to be dumb for picking someone else, but Cam Akers is ridiculous. And he was a rookie this last year, I believe. Yep. Um, he is so good. He has so much potential to be – I feel like Cam Akers next year will be top five in, or top ten in rushing. I doubt he'll be top five, but he's just so versatile. Um, he was able to just – run through defenses that you didn't think he'd be able to run through. And uh, for a guy who's not as big as most running backs, it's just – it's so impressive. Um, so he's going to be a pro bowler next year. Um, he's going to break 1,500 rush yards next year. Wow. 
if he doesn't get hurt, if he doesn't get hurt, that offense, the Rams' offense next year, they're going to be at least in the NFC Championship game, I believe. Because no, I said Matt, too. Just because of what Matt Stafford brings to that team. He brings a whole other dimension. Having Jared Goff and then going from Jared Goff to Matt Stafford is like having somebody you can barely do anything with to having a quarterback you can do literally everything with. Um, Matt Stafford can make all the throws. He can scramble better. I think he can scramble better and throw on the run better than Jared Goff ever could. This offense, like, Sean McVay is the type of coach where he wants to get wild and do a lot of stuff, but I feel like Derek or uh, Jared Goff really limited his creativity. I think he's, they're going to be able to do so much more with Matt Stafford. It's dangerous. But, yeah, Cam Akers, to complement that, that's, uh, that's a really scary team. Absolutely. I think he, I agree with that. I think he's going to be a top back. Well, Garrett, I can't say danger because that's that's Tristan's uh, that's Tristan's middle name. So we, uh, I'm gonna say, uh, you know, Garrett G. Gronland. What can you please tell us? You know what, uh, you know, as a player who rather is a player from the Rams that you are excited about. So I'm gonna do the exact opposite, and instead of going with a super young player, I'm going with a veteran, and I'm excited for Matthew Stafford. Uh, it's kind of like Tristan spoke on. Uh, Jared Goff couldn't learn the playbook, and Sean McVay's mind has like so much different things going on with it on what he wanted to do. And Sean McVay, I feel, was limited because of what Jared Goff did. I don't think he's going to be limited anymore with what Matthew Stafford has to bring. Matthew Stafford's going to have weapons. He's got, you know, acres. A defense? Uh, a defense? Yeah, he's got, well, yeah, he's got a defense. But he's got, like I said, you know, he's got like multiple receivers who are really good. He's got a tight end that's good. He's got running backs that are good. Um, and just like seeing – you got a shield. <laughs> Sorry, Boomer. <laughs> yeah. He, he, uh, you know, he just uh, needs to, like, that's why I'm so excited to see him in this new role. And he's going to be playing in Los Angeles, which is nice weather. So he's, you know, I mean, he played in a dome, which is nice, you know, but he's going to play in nice weather. Um, and he's going to have a team around him. And it's going to be like, if you thought Matt Stafford was this good with the Lions, how good is he going to be with Sean McVay and all this he has around him? So I'm really excited to see actually like how good this all is because I think Tom Brady put to bed the the rest the the to bed like oh he'll like a new quarterback in a new system like will it work? Yeah, it, like it can work. You can win a Super Bowl the next year doing it. And like Tristan said, you know, get him to an you know there's a good chance for them getting the NFC Championship game. And they win that game. They're right back where they were three years ago. Yep. Yeah, three years ago. And, you know, it's possible for them to win it. I, like, that's why I said Matt, Matt Stafford's literally the, the golden ticket for, hey, here's your opportunity. And, you know, you're going to have to go against the 49ers. You're going to have to go against the Cardinals, which I got to be honest, I'll be cheering for the Cardinals because I love Kyler Murray so much. Yes. But, um, yeah, I think that that is right now the Rams division. <laughs> And the Ram, I don't know how much you guys watched the Rams last year. Um, a fair amount. They're a really weird team to watch. They were. And yeah. I, I, and and it's probably because of Goff and Wolford and those two guys. But like, when they lost to the Jets and they like played bad teams, they almost played down to their level, which is like was really like, what are you guys doing? You know, type of a thing. But um, yeah, like that, and that's what I'm just like. Is is uh is you know Matt Stafford gonna be that guy that gets them you know the consistency every game and whatnot? So I think that that's why Matthew Stafford's my guy. They brought him in for a reason. They've got weapons. They've got great coaches. See if they can pull together. 
absolutely 135% agree because I think he is going to be a special player for the for the Rams. And I think he's going to – he's almost like the – not the necessarily the cherry on top, but he is going to be the player that everybody – he's going to put them over the top. I think uh, that Matt Stafford is really going to make them a, a team that everybody has to watch out for because he uh, – I, I, I have said this for a long time. He is one of the best – uh, and most underrated arms in the entire NFL. So um, I'm really excited to see what uh, what he'll do. And uh, for me, it's a little different for me. I have to start by saying that Taylor Rapp for the Rams is a player that is on is not only going to be one of the better cornerbacks in the league. I think he could be uh, a huge leader for that Rams defense moving forward. I mean, you already got guys like uh, the, the Aaron Donald linebacking core. Uh, linebacking core is a solid. Even guys like Leonard Floyd. I hope he signs a contract extension with the Rams. But at the end of the day, Taylor Rapp, the safety, uh, the the former second round pick out of Washington, is something special. Now I'm going to go back a little bit. Going to give you a history on Taylor Rapp here. He was a former three star recruit. Uh, at a, a, I hope I'm saying this high school right. Say home high school. Uh, originally from Belling. Bellingham, what a name, Washington, and uh, really special player even in college. If you kind of go through it here, uh, you know, three three years, uh, stepped to the campus, uh, a step on stepped on the campus of Washington immediately in the Pac-12. Had uh, 51 total tackles, four picks, uh, and uh, including uh, a pick six, and also had a couple of pass breakups and a forced fumble. Now came back his sophomore year, 59 total tackles. Finally getting some pressure on the quarterback, had a couple of sacks and another pick. Came back his uh, junior year and was, hey, still the man. Uh, five total tackles for loss, including four sacks, 58 tackles, uh, and a couple of picks as well. So and in the NFL, you know, last year I think uh, was kind of the year where, you know, it, 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 the first year in the NFL for corners is rough because it's a different speed. And plus it's in a, it's it's NFL wide receivers. Like that's just what really is the, the difference. Is It's a completely different ballgame. So Taylor Rapp um, – had a 63.3 PFF grade last year. Had a couple of picks, uh, a total of 76 solo tackles. So um, at the end of the day, uh, I thought he was going to be something special. But then this last year, only appeared, I believe, in nine games, but um, he allowed uh, only nine catches. Get this. In nine games, he only allowed nine catches. That's that's something to be uh, that's something to be said. So had a 67.5 PFF grade, 34 solo tackles, and a pick. Uh, and I think he is a guy that really, for when it comes down to the Rams, he's going to be a leader for this defense moving forward. I mean, again, you got guys like Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, a solid linebacking core. Um, that defense is just, you know, I, I mean, Mr. Staley uh, did some great things uh, for that defense last year, and I think it really almost put the, it really did put them over the top. So uh, I think that, uh, you know, Rap is going to be something special. Brandon Staley, that is uh, the former uh, defensive coordinator for them, now the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. So, hey, Rap is going to be a special player. I think he's going to be uh, a player that really leads that secondary for many years to come. So um, anything else we want to add before we get out of here? Yeah, I got, one, I got one thing too. So you go and I'll go, then I'll go. All right, so I was going to say, we never really talked much about uh, where we think Russell Wilson should go. We just kind of talked about him in the Raiders situation. So I think we should uh, make our bold predictions. If he were to go somewhere, let's each pick a team he's going to go to. And whoever's right, if one of us is right, hosts the next episode after that happens. Okay, fair enough. That's, I, I like that. I also think we need to say, like, he needs to, like, this team needs to trade for him and why, you know, so uh, as well. Add that aspect to it, and I'm, I'm okay with that. I think that'd be a great idea. So, uh, yeah, uh, who wants to go first here? I'm okay with whatever. You can go. Okay. Um, as far as Russell Wilson goes, I think there's a plethora of teams uh, that are really good scenarios. I don't like the Bears. Um, the Raiders are interesting. 
the Saints are going to have to cut everybody in order to make that happen, and I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so that kind of cuts down uh, two teams between the Cowboys and the Raiders for me. I think the Cowboys would be foolish not to bring back Dak Prescott. But, I mean, if Russell Wilson's on the board there, I mean, that's great. They've had some offensive line troubles and injuries. So at the end of the day, I think that uh, when it comes down to it and it pertains to Russell Wilson, drum roll, man, I think the, I think the Cowboys have to make a play for this guy. If they're not, if they're not 110% sold on Dak Prescott, if they're not going to resign this man, Go after Russell Wilson. If you are, it is blasphemous that the, the Cowboys have let this last this long. They franchise tagged him last year. The Cowboys, if you're not serious about Dak Prescott, stop wasting everybody's time. Or maybe, uh, maybe see if you can assign uh, Dak to an extension, then trade him for Russell Wilson. Whatever, it doesn't matter to me. But stop wasting everybody's time. He's a vastly disrespected and underrated quarterback. But if if there's any team uh, between the Raiders, again, I already stated I don't think the Raiders should go after him. I think that the Cowboys are a team that with the weapons they have, the offensive line they have, uh, you know, because, I mean, let's be real. Russell Wilson hasn't had a good offensive line. He, I mean, Garrett said it. He hasn't had a, a good offensive line in a while. And then their, their average offensive line has, has, been, has been awful. So um, I think that at the end of the day, with the the way that the offensive line is shaped in Dallas, the, the running game they got, the receivers and everything, um, and a defense that's middle of the pack needs some work, but, I mean, it's better than the Seahawks defense, which you know, I think was number 32 in, in terms of pass, uh, pass defense. So the Cowboys have to make a play for Russell Wilson. I like it. That's it. <laughs> All right, Garrett? who's next? Uh, Garrett, go, go ahead, my man. Well, if I had to be honest with you, I think he remains in Seattle. Um, I don't think the Raiders go for him. I don't. The Saints are the worst cap team in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea what Jerry Jones is going to do because of Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. And it looks like the Bears want to move on from Mitchell Trubisky and uh, Nick, Foles. Nick, Nick Foles already. So I would, I would say. It's got to be the Bears or the Cowboys. Um, I'll go with the Bears just to make it interesting because he already <laughs> took the Cowboys. Um, but, yeah, I, if I put my money on where he actually stays, it'll be with Seattle. But it wouldn't shock me if the Bears did something stupid to try to bring him in. I don't see Jerry Jones throwing first-round picks for him. Mm-hmm. I see the Bears. The Bears are Bears will throw first-round picks away like <laughs> – Nothing. <laughs> so, um, if I had to guess, I would say Bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, yeah, he's going to lose Allen Robinson to the Raiders. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tristan, uh, finish it off, my man. I, I was going to say Chicago is one of the teams I'd, like, I'd probably prefer to see him go to. If I had to put money on anything, he's obviously, I think, not going to go anywhere. I think he'll stay in Seattle. Um, but... Like you said, the Cowboys, I, I think it's pretty obvious Jerry Jones isn't sold on Dak Prescott, or else he would have given him a contract two years ago, probably. Um, uh, I think Miami's interesting. Their defense is very good. They're starting to come into their own top five defense. Very good defense. Their offense has pieces. Um, Tua's not proven yet. I feel like they could trade Tua and maybe a couple other lower picks, and probably get Wilson. Um, because I think Tua still has a lot of value. Um, Miami, and the, another team I'd like 
to see him play is uh, the New York Giants. Um, I, I don't think it would happen, but I feel like they just have they have the offensive firepower to be a very good offense, minus Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, <laughs> you can't put him over the top, no matter how good he it. plays. I love it so but much. If Russell I love Wilson, all. I love all Daniel Jones slander in this group. I love all of it. I like Danny Dimes, but uh, if if they were to get Russell Wilson, I just feel like that offense would be so good. If they if they improve their if they work on their offensive line, don't even worry about getting weapons. You have all the weapons you need. Just just work out the offensive line and get Russell Wilson, and I think they're automatically playoff contenders. I think this team's already going to be better going into Joe Judge's second season. But if I had to put my money on a team besides Seattle, I, I'm gonna go with the uh, I'm gonna go with the New York Giants. I think it could happen. That's a really good. That's an astute observation and a good take. That's that I didn't even think that. I was thinking maybe teams like the 49ers. I didn't know how they would kind of fare. I I felt like they they want to trade for Kirk this. Cousins. So. Oh, this is I, I can't just wait to get into this part. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think there's just so many teams that really could take a chance on it. Like, I I really don't know, like, because at the end of the day, yes, the Cowboys aren't, are, like, Jerry doesn't like to trade away first-round draft picks. I don't know. Like, I just think it'd be interesting when you consider all the different uh, places that, re- or excuse me, all the different teams, NFL teams that could really use, uh, or just like, barely, like, if Russell Wilson would put just any, just about any team over the top, other than maybe, you know, other than the Chiefs and the, the Bills, I think the two, two of the better quarterbacks, and, the, and of course, the Packers. The uh, Broncos would be pretty interesting. Denver, Ooh, we stop interesting. With, can we stop with anybody wanting to play for that organization? <laughs> Sorry to stop myself from saying some other words. But, um, <laughs> dude, I'm so sick and tired of seeing Bronco people being like, we're getting Deshaun Watson. That dude would rather play for the Jets. Probably. Than play for the Broncos. <laughs> you idiots. <laughs> stop it. Also, also, for anybody, any Bronco fan that watches this, I'm going to tell you this right now. Even if you guys had Deshaun Watson, <laughs> you would still be the bottom team in the AFC West. Your team is not that good. Stop pretending like you're going to be a Super Bowl contender just because of a quarterback. Relax and just enjoy going 0-6 for the next couple of years. Thank you. <laughs> so tired of seeing that garbage on my timeline of Deshaun is- Watson and Broncos gear. Gag me, please. God. <laughs> that won't happen. Yeah. No, I don't think so either. I think I think that the, the, the Broncos are a little bit um probably almost like they're almost like kind of tied down with block. I think they really need to see what's going on there. So but I think that's actually the perfect way uh with gagging uh, Garrett that is to end the show is by <laughs> Let me ask you one quick question. On the, I want to ask you one quick question on the Vikings. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Would you rather have on the Vikings Jimmy G or Kirk Cousins? Both Are we talking about their current contracts right now? Which one would you rather be your starting quarterback? You see, I I get that Kirk Cousins gets a lot of hate, and I understand it, but – I've seen some good things from Kirk Cousins in the last couple of years. This this last year was not in any way on Kirk Cousins. The man was averaging thirty points a game. Like, what more do you want from him? Like, I like that's like let's say you get mad at Aaron Rodgers because uh, the, the the Packers have lost in the NFC Championship game the last year, a couple of years. It doesn't make any sense. Like, seriously, I feel like Kirk Cousins. Now, I I put out a video a couple of days ago. I don't think they'll win a Super Bowl with him, but I think they, he could potentially get them there under the right circumstances with a better defense. Delvin Cook's still there, so. I would go Kirk Cousins just because uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was there 
And he was a deep ball away from connecting on a Super Bowl winning team. So I yeah. think that at the end of the day, um, I, I would go Kirk Cousins instead of Jimmy G because uh, Kirk Cousins uh, has rarely missed a game. I'm going to knock on wood real quick. Uh, has rarely missed a game. And then also uh, Jimmy G, I just – I haven't seen as much of the wow factor from from Jimmy G as well. That's that's what I believe is yeah. – uh, I think that's the best way to go about it. Anything you guys want to add before we get out of here? It doesn't matter yeah. which one of the two you have. They both fold under pressure. There you go. Okay, I, my, my, I think my dad said it best for Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins can look really, 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 really good, and he can look really, 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 really bad. Yep. And he there says if that guy had a little bit more consistency, it would, you know, get him to the next level. I think so too. But also, again, I have to. I'm going to pound the defense uh, because, again, before the season, Mike Zimmer said, "I've never had a bad defense." Really, really, never. Okay, yeah, that ended well. Yeah, so all right, you won't be the head coach much longer. Please don't. Say I that. disagree. I, I think he's a great head coach. He's not going to get extended. He's not going to finish his contract. I, I think he's a great head coach. I I'm kind of on the fence because I think he's done some great. Who's things. better than him? Who's better than him? Nobody. I I feel not like a single person. Maybe Jim Caldwell. Maybe. No. No. Zimmer no. Zimmer is an excellent coach, just as Mike McCarthy is an excellent coach. But he's not the guy that's going to take Minnesota anywhere. In name my opinion. Who's better. Name who's better. I, I, you got to tell me a name. So who would be better than? Who would take them to the next level? Brian Kelly. Uh, Notre Dame head coach. I could see no, it. They need, they need an offensive-minded no. head coach. Yes, the era of the defensive-minded head coaches isn't taking teams anywhere. They need a younger guy. uh, Mike Zimmer doesn't have the juice to take this team anywhere or get this team hyped. He's not the guy. Like, Mike McCarthy wasn't the guy to get Green Bay anywhere. Like, you hate to see it because they're really good coaches, but there comes time when you need change. And even though Zimmer's outstanding, he'll go find another head coach job easy. But Minnesota needs change, and I think it starts with Zimmer. Mm. I don't know. I think that there's – I think there's too many questions. Like – if his defense, I can understand one bad year in which a defense was missing their best pass rusher, the number one of the number one run stopping defensive tackles in the entire NFL in Michael Pierce. He was also missing. People forget that. Uh, Anthony Barr was injured after week two, I believe. Uh, they had we had multiple injuries early on that really seemed to we had practice squad players starting for us. Come on, like that's that's how bad it got for the Vikings defense. So if Somehow he can get them back to that, you know, top fifteen, top ten, top five conversation. I think he keeps the job, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see because I think at the end of the day, uh, Kurt Cousins needs to play at the certain the current level he did last year, and then the Vikings defense needs to play that the way it did in twenty seventeen. That's my take on it, at least. Because Mike Zimmer does he's we've we've said it, he's a great coach, but I think that he at the end of the day he. Um, He's not all to blame, but there's there's uh, there's some things you have to consider. You have to look at the full picture. I'm gonna continue to say it, Tristan, until it gets old. On this channel, perspective is everything. That's what that's our that's gonna be our motto. Is perspective, perspective is everything. But when are you gonna stop settling for not going anywhere? Like even if they weren't missing those guys, realistically, how good of, how good could Minnesota have been? First round of the playoffs, maybe. I I I think so. Uh, I, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's also you got to realize. Um, the, Tampa this Bay is wanted I, a fifth seed. Tampa Bay that? wanted as a fifth seed, so I mean, the NFC is a dog. Like the NFC is a dog fight. It really is. Uh, I will say this though. <sighs> When it comes down to it, I, I think if they would have done, obviously the defense would have played a little bit better. But 
there's a lot of players on the Viking squad that nobody knows about. Guys like James Lynch, you know, the top to bottom, this defense that didn't get the chance and opportunity to play last year. If their defense, if our defense was even with the defense it was last year, like the year before, uh, and had some of the same players back, I mean, they let Mackenzie Alexander walk for for, for peanuts. Like, if they had some, like, didn't have the young corners, didn't have the problems, but he was in a, a top 15 defense that was allowing 20 points a game. The Vikings were putting up 30 games. They would put 30 points a game. They would win a lot of their games had the defense, you know, had their stuff together. So that's at least my take on it. I think it was uh, – I think you guys are raising – you're good, raising good questions, Tristan. But at the end of the day, when your defense is allowing 30 points a game, it's kind of, you know, and it's it's kind of rough to kind of guesstimate, you know, how it would be, especially after those injuries and everything. So I don't know. I think it's a good question. But, um, this, yeah, anything anything else we got out? Go ahead. Does he have two years left on his coaching contract? I think he just signed a three-year extension, I believe. Well, when Minnesota misses the playoffs next year, okay, then maybe he's I. Gone. You guys he's put gone. a bet on it. I okay. I, I bet you uh, fifty bucks, fifty dollars. If Minnesota misses the playoffs next year, Zimmer's gone as head well, coach. Okay, well, I mean, just remember if the Vikings would have won that Week 16 game against the Bears, which they lost by six, they allowed 33 points to the Bears. The Vikings win that game. The Vikings get that spot over the Bears in the playoffs. That's true. Um, With that plus. Dog garbage defense. Yes, exactly. Uh, and plus, I also think that it's also worth mentioning. I'll take a dollar bet on that. I got the Vikings making the playoffs. Okay. All right. I, I'll take uh, you on that. Okay. Well, we're allowed to gamble on this show. We're oh yeah. Cut yeah. Yeah. We. we <laughs> 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 we'll be all right. No, I think uh, he signed a, a three-year extension. But okay, I gotta get back to this. Yes. Um, I don't know. I I won't take that bet. The only reason is this because. I don't know how that defense is going to look, dude. I have no clue. Dude, we got to wait for the free agency. I, I think we got to right. wait for free agency. <laughs> we got to wait for free agency, the draft. I don't know what's going to happen. And what, uh, they, so- what they should do is should give old boy Eric Bieniemy a call, bring him in for an interview, hire him as head coach, and make Mike Zimmer the defensive coordinator. I don't, so, I don't know if he'd go for that. Oh, I got – all right. I know I'm, I'm, I'm going a little bit over the thing. But actually, I understand why teams didn't take Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. So Eric Bieniemy is the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, right? Yeah. And why does Andy Reid call all their plays? Yeah. Because he's yeah, a it, goat. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like Eric Bieniemy, like I think that's why he, teams didn't. I don't. I think that's why he didn't go on. Didn't get that because he didn't really have like he like yeah he's technically the OC but Andy Reid's the one with the face yeah. shield fogging that's it up calling so- plays with Patrick Mahomes. It's not true. Eric Bieniemy, and so especially that's, after that's, what that's happened to them in the Super Bowl. Yeah, probably not going to get any calls. Yeah. <laughs> well, even before that, like I was like, because like uh, like I was talking to a guy at work, and I was like, how do you feel about Eric Bieniemy with the Detroit Lions? And he's like, he's got to be honest. He's like, I don't think it'd be a good fit just because like Andy Reid does all of the work for him. It seems like, and he's like, Eric Bieniemy's probably a great guy, but Andy Reid's the one calling plays, not him. Yeah, well, true. and I also think he was also the the running backs head co- uh, the running backs coach uh, uh, for the Vikings when the, the first year they drafted Adrian Peterson back in two thousand seven. So, and he really helped Adrian Peterson. So I don't know if it, there's cases for and against it, but I don't know. I think uh, we'll just kind of have to see what happens with the Chiefs because I think there's a lot of people even asking if they'll make the playoffs next year, which I think is I don't know. It, it seems like it could be a little bit of a stretch, but if if they play like they did in the Super Bowl, I don't think it's a stretch. So it just kind of depends on what happens. So without that, uh, we got to say goodbye to everybody. Um, Garrett, man. It's always it's always so much fun, man. Thank you for coming on. Have a good one, boys. Yeah, you as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, <laughs> Tristan? You know what it is, guys. Like, yep. Yeah, we'll see it was you. good. All see right. You later. We'll see you. Peace out.